We're going to begin by singing to God's praise in Psalm 130 in the Scottish Psalter, page 421. We can sing the whole of this psalm, wonderful psalm that reminds us that we are able to cry whatever our situation to the Lord, that he hears our prayers, that he is able uh, to forgive our sins. We read at the beginning of the psalm, Lord, from the depths to thee I cried, my voice, Lord, do thou hear, and to my supplications voice give an attentive ear. And then down at the last verse, and plenteous redemption is ever found with him, and from all his iniquities he Israel shall redeem. We'll stand to sing the whole of this psalm to God's praise. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Let us pray. 
Lord, our gracious God, as we gather in your name and under the banner of your love today, we thank you for your great mercies towards us, your mercies that are new each morning, your faithfulness that is so wonderful towards us. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, you have called us to this place, that you have uh, been the one who has gone before us, Lord, in all our days, preparing the way and preparing even this day for us. And as the psalmist says, this is the day the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you that we have so much reason to rejoice, that we have reason for much thanksgiving and praise to you, for you are a God who is good, you are a God who is gracious, you are the God who we have sung off with whom there is plenteous redemption. And we thank you that as we come and gather round your word today, we do seek to wait upon you. I wait for God, my soul doth wait. My hope is in his word we have sung. And may that be the echo of our hearts, even at this time, O Lord, that our hope would be in your word, a word that is a word of life, a word that speaks to us of a wonderful saviour, the one who was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, the one who came to take away the sin of the world. And so we pray that as we come today that we would see Jesus, that we would see in him in all his beauty as the one who came for sinners such as we are in all our filthiness and all our rags. And yet he came that we might know the wonder of his grace, the wonder of his salvation the abundance of the life that he offers to all his people. And we pray, Lord, that you will uh, breathe that life into us all today, whether we are at the table or whether we are watching on or whether we are tuning in online, that what the word that you speak to us, Lord, the word that we hear from you, uh, that it would breathe life into our very souls, that it would give us that joy of salvation, that joy of knowing Christ as our Lord and as our God, and so that we would come in this time of remembering his death, that we would come, O Lord, seeing the one who is worthy, worthy of all glory and praise, and that we would indeed praise his name. So, Lord, we thank you that you put that desire in our hearts, that you are the one who prepares us for this day in every way, in all our different needs, that you are the one who upholds us, the one who strengthens us, the one who rebukes us, but also the one who has compassion upon us. And Lord, we thank you for all your goodness and mercy, all that it follows us all the days of our life, and the hope that you give to all of your people of that dwelling place forevermore, where we will be with the Lord for all eternity. And as we come today, Lord, as we reflect looking back as we think even since the last time we sat at the Lord's table of those who have been taken from time into eternity. We think, O oh Lord, of many who sat at the Lord's table in the past and who now are with the Lord. And we thank you for your witnesses down through all the generations, those who have gone before and upheld and praised your name. And we thank you too, Lord, for a generation now those who you are bringing to yourself, those who you are calling to yourself. 
We thank you that we rejoice today in new members with us. And we pray, Lord, that you will encourage them as they sit at the Lord's table for the first time today, that they will be strengthened and that we would all be strengthened together. But we are reminded that your spirit works, that even when we do not see it, or maybe when we even lose hope, that you remind us that you are building your church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we thank you, Lord, for a generation coming after us. We thank you for all the young people belonging to us as a congregation here. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless them, that you will watch over them in here today and also as they gather next door as well and come in later on, that your word will minister to them, that you will bless them, Lord, and help them to remember their Creator in the days of their youth. Uh, that you will bless them as they grow up, O oh Lord, that you will guide their paths, that you will watch over them day by day, Lord, bringing them into that relationship, that saving relationship with you. And we pray, even as your word speaks of, a generation yet unborn. We know not our future, Lord. We know not the days that we have, but we know that you do. And that as until the day that you come, Lord, there will be a generation born and coming into this world. And we pray, Lord, that in generations to come, if it is your will, that you will pour out your Spirit upon nations near and far, that your goodness and mercy may be known throughout all ends of the earth, that as you call your people to yourself, that your name will be praised and glorified. So, Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands at this time, asking that you will draw near to us as we seek to draw near to you, that you will bless us in all our different needs, in our homes, in our families, in our community. Lord, look down upon us in mercy, we pray, that you will do good to those who need you in particular ways, the grieving, those who are unwell, uh, those who are confined to their homes, and those who suffer, Lord, in different ways. Lord, so many things are hidden from our eyes, but we thank you that your eyes are on all things and upon all people. And so we pray, Lord, that you will look down upon your world this day, uh, that you will have mercy upon us, that you will bless us, Lord, with your peace and with your presence. So, Lord, we ask you to continue with us now and help us in all our duties today in the ministry of the Word and Sacrament as we come as your servants as your people called by you to do this in remembrance of you. We pray, Lord, that you will help us uh, to know your peace and your presence with us throughout this day and each and every day, that you will guard us in our hearts and in our minds and help us uh, to have that assurance of Jesus here with us, the one who you have called into this world, sent into this world as Emmanuel, God with us. So we pray your blessing on us, your spirit with us to lead us and guide us. We ask it all with the forgiveness of all our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we'll turn to read God's word together. Now we're going to read in two parts of the scriptures. First of all, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, in chapter 12. We'll read some verses there. And then we'll turn into the New Testament to the Gospel of Mark chapter 14. So our first reading is in Exodus chapter 12. We read from verse 1 to 14 and then 21 to 28. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, 
This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. And then if we jump down to verse 21, then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of, this, of his house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And the people of Israel went and did so. As the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And then we'll turn into the New Testament and read in the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 14, reading at verse 12. <coughs> we, he, here we see in 
Mark chapter 14 at verse 12, the Passover uh, being prepared for the Lord and the disciples to partake in. Mark chapter 14 at verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where shall we go uh, and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And so on, and may God bless these readings to us. We'll come back to them. Again, after we've sung to God's praise again, this time our singing is in Gaelic. We're singing Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2 in Gaelic. The words that are on the, the, the notice sheet there in the front, both in the English and the Gaelic. Psalm 107 in English, Praise God, for he is good, for still his mercies lasting be. Let God's redeemed say so, whom he from the enemy's hand did free. O hukuf moloch morto yea is boyachus farin. Hae mai is mari gubrach, a rock or grass for hain. We'll sing two verses in Gaelic to God's praise, and we remain seated for this singing.
But we can turn back together to our reading in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus. I'm sure you've seen as we've read both these passages that they are very closely linked with the theme of the Passover and the fulfillment of the Passover in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrament that we have before us today is a remembrance of what the Lord has done for us through his body and blood given for us. Well, last night we were looking as we were preparing ourselves to come to the Lord's table at the choice that was put before us in Deuteronomy chapter 30, where the choice was there, a choice between life and death, a simple choice we might think to ourselves, and yet a choice that we seem to make so difficult when we follow the different paths in this world that lead us away from life in the Lord and lead us to destruction. But we thank God that he calls his people back to himself. And we thought last night as well, just mentioning at the beginning, that theme of life that we want to look at today as well. Last night we were looking at the choice of life. This morning we're looking at the source of life. And in the, in the New Testament, in John's Gospel, chapter 10, where Jesus there speaks of himself as the good shepherd, he reminds us there that the thief has come to kill and to destroy. But he says, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. The abundance of life that there is in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of theme that we just sung in that psalm, Psalm 107. Praise God for he is good for still his mercies lasting be. Let God's redeemed, those who he has saved, say so, whom he from the enemy's hand did free. The thief comes to seek and to destroy, but he has come to redeem that we might have life and have it abundantly. Well, our two readings this morning from the New Testament and also from the Old Testament, they remind us of how the New Testament reveals so much of the Old Testament to us in a new light. Someone once said that the Old Testament is like a furnished room where all the furniture is there, but it's in darkness, and you cannot see it until you come into the light of the New Testament. It's like the light going on, and all of a sudden you see everything much more clearly. And so we see that as we look here at Exodus chapter 12, and as we think of Mark chapter 14, which we read together as well. What we're seeing here in the preparation of the Passover in the days of Moses we see even more clearly in the preparation of the Passover that Jesus was having with his disciples and how he was instituting then the Lord's Supper. So when we come back to the book of Exodus here in this passage, we see the scene set for a great deliverance of God's people, of the children of Israel, a deliverance from slavery and bondage that they had endured in Egypt under the rule of the Pharaoh. They had been slaves there for a long time. But the wonderful thing is, as you read in Exodus, that God saw. He saw the suffering of his people and says, and he knew. And it doesn't say what he knew, but what he did was go and do something about it. 
he prepared them to be brought out of Egypt, out of bondage, into the promised land. He took action. And that is what he has done for his people today as well. God sees our need in our sin, and he has taken action for us. He has sent his Son into this world. And so it's in remembrance of him, of what he has done to redeem us from our sins, the price that has been paid for us. That is what we come to remember. And, but as we look here in, in Exodus, we see the Passover being prepared. And we want to see it just in the context, first of all, because this is one of the plagues that the Lord was going to send upon Egypt. And there have been nine plagues up to this point. The Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He wasn't going to let his, the Lord's people go because they were working for him. They were of use to him. And so each time the plague came, although he relented initially, his heart was hardened and he refused to let them go. But here in this Passover, in the 10th plague that the Lord was going to send, we are going to see, we will see the power of God the power of God to redeem his people. The previous plagues had pointed towards a rescue from slavery and oppression, but this tenth plague was a deliverance from something even more, something even more powerful, a deliverance from death itself. And again, as we look to the New Testament, is that not what we see in the Lord's Supper? The Lord preparing for his people a way of deliverance, a way of redemption from their sins, that they might not die but have everlasting life. But that is what the Lord has done for us. And so we're tying the two together. We're seeing the two together and thinking of the deliverance that comes from God and the part his people had to play in it. God did all for them, and they were to be obedient to him. You think of Noah, who by faith had to build the ark. And when you read through Hebrews 11, you see there, by faith, the people did so much. And that is the way we are to come ourselves today, by faith, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Passover, we see the people had to listen to the command of God and in preparing themselves and seeing the provision that they was made for them in order to enjoy the protection that he offered to them. And that is what we think of today as we come to the Lord's Supper as well. In the Lord's Supper in the New Testament, we see the provision God has made for us in giving his Son, the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sin of the world. We see his shed blood and his body given that we might have life through him. And so we are to come in remembrance of him. So we're looking at the Passover in light of the New Testament. And I want us to take these three things from our, our passages today as we prepare our hearts to take the Lord's Supper. The first thing we want to look at is the provision that is made. The second thing is the preparation that is necessary. And then the third thing is the protection that it gives. So we begin by thinking, first of all, of the provision. 
As you read in chapter 12 of Exodus, you get the sense of a new beginning for God's people here. In verse 1 there, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. There is something new taking place here. God is going to provide for them in a miraculous way. God is making the provision for them. And what he provides is a way to safety, a way to salvation, a way to freedom from the bondage and slavery that they've endured. And he provides for them in in every way. He gives them a sign. He gives them instruction. He gives them the provision. And he gives them an assurance that this is something that they are to do for generations to come. Moses here is teaching of the provision that God has made and how this is going to be reflected in their their way of life. It's not just something for a moment, but something that goes on down through all the generations. He explains there in the opening verses and also in verse 24 and 25 as well how this is going to be something that they are to observe. It says in verse 24, you shall observe this rite as a statue for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. It was to be an ongoing remembrance. And that is what we do ourselves today as well. We don't just come to the Lord's table once and that's it for us. If we only did that, we would soon forget what the Lord has done for us, the provision that he has made for us. Because we are by nature a forgetful people. But just like they had it as part of their calendar, a schedule in their every year, a routine of remembrance, to remember through the Passover what God did for them in such a miraculous way. That's what we find when Jesus and his disciples in Mark 14 were preparing for, preparing for the Passover, to remember what the Lord had done all those years ago. It was something that was not forgotten. And we are not to forget ourselves either. Because as we see the disciples with Jesus preparing the Passover, what happens is he begins to show the fulfillment of it. The bread and the wine, the sacrament that was made or going to be made at that point, which has been made for us was that the Lord himself was going to be the lamb who would be slain. That his body would be broken, that his blood would be shed. That he would provide for his people a way to salvation. A way that we are to remember and to go on remembering. This do in remembrance of me until I come. We would not forget the provision that has been made for us. And the Lord has provided for us in all things, just in the same way as he provided through Moses' instruction. He has provided for us through his word. Just as Moses instructed the people to bring a lamb for to be sacrificed, the Lord has provided for us, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Just as the Lord was providing a day, this day, when the Passover 
would be observed and where the angel would come through the camp, the destroyer would come through and those who weren't under the protection of the blood would be destroyed. So too there is a day for us to remember what the Lord has done for us. He has provided the Lord's day for us to remember that he is God, that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth, that this is a day we remember his death, but each Lord's day we remember he is risen. The provision is made for the way to life and life eternal. And he has provided for us the sacrament. It is before us today to remember what was done for us at Calvary, to remember what was done on the cross as Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many. Have you ever tried to imagine what it would be like if we were still under the Old Testament covenant, if we were still a people who had to observe the Passover as it was, bringing a lamb? I wonder if it would be easier for us. Would it be easier for us to bring a lamb for Passover than it is to come and sit at the Lord's table? Because when in bringing a lamb, it's we're doing something ourselves. There's the lamb, now do something with it. We feel a part of it, and yet it's so difficult for us to come and sit at the Lord's table. And yet every provision has been made. It has all been done for us. We are invited to a meal where we don't have to bring anything with us. It is there. It is ready because Jesus has said, it is finished. We are to come in faith. Everything has been done for us. Every provision has been made. Even when we think to ourselves, unworthy as we are, or think to ourselves of the difficulties and the challenges and the lack of faith that we so often don't, uh, lack of faith we so often have, we are to come because the provision has been made. But we are reminded of that verse. There is one who seeks to come and seek and destroy. The thief is there to steal. But we are to remember that Jesus has come, that we might have life and have it abundantly. Imagine being in a city that's under siege. You're in this city. The walls are there for your protection, but all around this city is the enemy surrounding the city. We've been looking at Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and the opposition that was there. Think of Jerusalem as a city with the walls built all round, and yet there's an enemy surrounding. And the enemy is threatening, and the supplies are running low, and everyone is afraid of what is going to happen. But then in the dark of the night, a spy comes into the city, manages to come through the enemy lines and tell the people in the city that the main enemy that's further away has been defeated, that the leaders of the armies that are surrounding the city have been defeated, that they have surrendered, and that it's in a matter of time that those who are surrounding the city are going to hear that this has happened and that they will surrender themselves. The people are told they do not need to be afraid. 
Well, that's how it is for us. We seem to be surrounded by enemies all the time. The thief is always around seeking to steal and to destroy. When we think of all that goes on in our life and in our experience, disease, injustice, oppression, death itself, the greatest enemy. But the enemy has been defeated. He was defeated on the cross at Calvary, where death itself was taken care of by our Lord Jesus Christ. Things are not what they seem to be in our eyes. When we feel the enemy is victorious, today we remember he is defeated. And it's only a matter of time until the reality of that becomes clear when the battle is finished. The thief comes to kill and to destroy. But the provision we remember today is that he has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. The provision is made. The second thing we see here is the preparation that was required. The Lord had provided everything that was needed. He'd given instruction, but he says to the people that they are to make a preparation. In verse 3 through to verse 11, there's a lot of detail there as to what the people were to do. Every detail has gone through in meticulous and up in meticulous nature, just how the Passover is to be prepared. And on first reading, you might think, well, it seems a little OTT to go into all of these details, but what we have to remember is the significance of this. The Lord was going to come into their midst and miss out one of these details, and he would not pass over. Try and do it in your own way, he would not pass over. You had to follow his instruction. The people weren't to decide the best way to prepare. They were to follow the instructions that were given. Because what if the instructions hadn't been clear? What if the instructions about the lamb had not been followed? The lamb was to be a year old, the best of the best, a lamb without blemish. As it says in verse 5, you may take it from the sheep or the goats. The instructions were there, but what if that was not clear? The lamb without blemish, a year old, was the choice lamb. Could you not think, well, we could just give one that's older, that has blemishes. Not give the best, but the Lord is saying, no, only the best is good enough. There were details for sharing with others, those who didn't have as much. There was details of what to do with the blood, to put it on the doorpost and the lintels. Every detail was there. Now, if we were to choose ourselves the way that we would do it, that is probably not what we would do. To put blood on the doorpost, we would just think that just sounds awful. And in our eyes today, in our heart today, we might think, was there not another way that the Lord could have prepared for us to be saved? Did the Lord have to die? Did his body have to be broken? Did he have to shed his blood? Does that not sound so cruel? But the word of God is clear to us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. 
And so Jesus has given his blood and his body for us. Do we seek to do things our own way, though? Do we seek to find the way to life and life abundant, just the way we would want ourselves to live the way we would choose, to be a people who would say at the end, I did it my way, but that's no way. It's the Lord's way or no way at all. This is the way to salvation, to prepare our hearts and to see the preparation and provision that has been made for us, to see that we are to follow the Lord's instructions. The people in Moses' day, they were to prepare all these things and to wait on the Lord, as it says in verse 27 and 28 in Exodus 12 there, you shall say, it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And what did the people do? The people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the people of Israel went and did so. As the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. They were obedient. They prepared themselves for the Passover. And so, have we prepared ourselves for the sacrament? As we prepare to take it, we have sought to prepare ourselves, I hope, in coming prayerfully, looking to God, but recognizing too that the Lord has prepared us, that the Lord has been working in us each day of our lives, every prayer offered up, every time we've heard the word of God, every prayer meeting we've been to, every time of speaking with the Lord's people, every time of challenge and every time of joy, the Lord preparing us, bringing us to see our need and our dependence on him. The Lord prepares us. He has prepared you to sit at the Lord's table. He's preparing you who are looking on, God willing, I hope, to come one day and sit at the Lord's table. The Lord is at work. And we are to prepare ourselves. Not looking and seeing ourselves as worthy, but seeing our unworthiness but seeing Jesus, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. The book of Revelation, chapter 5, there is this loud voice that says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Is he worthy to you? Preparation for the Israelites led them to see the lamb that was prepared for the sprinkling of the blood on the doorposts and the lintels. But our preparation should lead us to see the cross, the cross on Calvary, and to see Jesus who gave his life 
for us. The preparation has been made. Again, there's another version, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Isn't that a wonderful thought for us today? Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. It is finished. The preparation has been made. The table is prepared for his people. We don't bring a lamb today. Like the hymn writer says, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. The third thing and the final thing I want us to see here is the outcome of what this means. The protection that the people received. The Passover was ultimately about the salvation of God's people. That the children of Israel would not face the destruction that was to come on the Egyptians. Verses 12 and 13 here give to us that explanation. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The protection of the people is what God was giving here. Through the lamb that was sacrificed and the blood that was sprinkled, the Lord would pass over and they would not face the judgment that was to come. They will live. And that is the life that God assures us that he gives through his Son. I am come that they might have life and have it abundantly, that we might have that assurance for ourselves when we come through faith, that we would know the salvation of the Lord, that we would know the joy of the salvation of our Lord, that we would know the assurance that he is with us, that he will never leave us or forsake us. How did Moses and the people come to the Passover? They came by faith. Again, you read it in Hebrews 11, verse 28. By faith he, that's Moses, kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith. What a night it would have been, the night of the Passover. You wonder what it would have been like inside those houses. The thought of God passing over. The assurance that they were safe through the blood. The fear that would have been present as well. Well, what a day it was when Christ went to the cross. When there was darkness in the middle of the day. When he cried out with a loud voice, it is finished. They were afraid even then because they didn't understand. 
But soon they would recognize that he died for our sin, but that he rose that we might live. Christ died for you, sinner such as you are. Christ died for me, sinner such as I am, that we might know his protection, that we might know his salvation. That is what is before us today. That is what we seek to come to remember, that he has gone where we deserve to be. He has died that we might live. There's a hymn called Saviour, Like a Shepherd Lead Us. And the words go like this. Saviour, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. For our use thy folds prepare. We are thine, do thou befriend us. Be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us. Seek us when we go astray. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse, and power to free. Let us seek thy favor. Uh, let, early let us seek thy favor. Early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our bosoms fill. As we come to the Lord's table, that is what we seek, the shepherd to lead us, that we would know his tender care, that he would feed us, that he would be our friend, our guardian on the way, that he would defend us from sin, that he would keep us every step of the way. Our protection, the source of life, is our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb was sacrificed for their protection in the day of the Passover in Moses' time. But Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed to take away the sin of the world. And so we are to come. The price has been made. The provision is there for us. We want to come and do this in remembrance of him. And if we love the Lord with all our heart, if he is our life and length of days, then we are to come to the table and feast on the provision made that we might know his blessing, his protection, the assurance of salvation in him. So may the Lord grant us his grace and his presence as we seek to do so. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Lord, our gracious God, as we seek to come in your name, we thank you, Lord, for every provision made for us. We thank you for the preparation that has been done for us. We thank you for the hope of the protection afforded to us through all that you have done for us through Christ Jesus, our Passover lamb. And we pray that you will still us and help us, even at this time, Lord, to know your presence, to know your peace, 
to know that worthy is the Lamb who was slain, and that all glory and praise be to him. We ask it all with the forgiveness of our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we prepare the Lord's table, we're going to sing to God's praise in Psalm 118. Psalm 118, we're going to sing from verse 15 in the Scottish Psalter, page 398. Psalm 118 at verse 15, and we'll sing down to verse 23. In dwellings of the righteous is heard the melody of joy and health. The Lord's right hand doth ever valiantly. The right hand of the mighty Lord exalted is on high. The right hand of the mighty Lord doth ever valiantly. We'll sing from verse 15 to God's praise.
Well, it's good to have the young ones in with us now as well as we come to this part of the service where we serve the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. We have the bread and the wine before us. Now, I'm sure there's many people here, perhaps sitting downstairs or upstairs, and maybe you've got a scar on your body somewhere. And when you have a scar, it speaks to us of something that has happened, perhaps maybe in the recent past, or maybe even going back many years. Uh, if you have a scar, you often maybe look at it and remember that exact moment when something happened. It might have been an accident. I've got a couple of scars from falling off a bike when I was young, different scars in different places. Other people might have a scar because of an operation they've had. So as you look at that scar, you're reminded of something that maybe at the time was very painful, maybe a scar that's left its mark on you to this very day. But with a scar, you often see that over time, it heals. New skin will grow over it. The mark is still there, but it's healed over. Well, I'm sure for many of us that is true. When we think of that, we think back to something that has happened in the past. Well, today as we come to the Lord's table, as we come to partake in the Lord's Supper, we are reminded of one who was scarred for us. In Isaiah, in the Old Testament, he speaks of one who was wounded for us, one who was bruised for us, one who by his stripes, it says, we are healed. So every scar that we have, and especially as we think of the scars of sin, not just the cuts we have from accidents and falls, but everything that affects our lives through sin and the mark that leave, sin leaves on us, we are reminded that through His scars, through His stripes, we are healed. We are protected. And what we have before us here in the bread and in the wine is a reminder to us of the body of Jesus that was broken for us and the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us that He might heal us from our sins. That we would see the provision that has been made for us and that we would come and remember Him in the protection that He gives us from our sin. The scars of sin may be many on us, but we remember that through His scars, through His stripes, as Isaiah says, that we are healed. And that that is what we are to come and remember as we do this. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, at verse 23, our instruction for the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Well, in the same manner, the Lord offered thanks. So we'll bow our heads in a word of thanks. Lord, our gracious God, we come depending on you for all things, thankful for all that you have done for us, for thankful for the way you bore the stripes that we deserved, the way, Lord, you came, giving your life as a ransom for us. And as we see these elements before us, the bread and the wine, help us to see their significance. Help us to see in them the provision made for all of God's people, that through your body broken, through your blood shed, that we have the way to eternal life, the assurance of protection from our sin, for you died that we might live. And so, Lord, may you bless us now as we continue in this service, as we partake in the sacrament, whether we were at the Lord's table or watching on. You bless us all together, Lord. Encourage us in our hearts to look to Jesus, to see in him the one who cried, it is finished, and to look to him as the one who is the way to life. So continue with us, Lord, and bless us now, pardoning our sin in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we read in the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had broken the bread, He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. We then read that in the same way he took the cup. And said, this cup is a new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we come to proclaim, to show forth the Lord's death until he come. Well, just a few thoughts as we come to rise from the table just now. I believe in the Sunday school this morning, the young ones, we're doing a search through the scriptures, looking for different Bible verses, looking for different texts and different parts of the Bible. And it's always good for all of us, young and old alike, to go through our scriptures, to search through our Bibles, and see all the wonderful promises that God gives through His Word. I think one of the verses that you were looking for this morning was in the book of Revelation and chapter 20. And it's a verse I quoted last night, and I want us to think about this verse as we come to a close just now. The verse says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. There's a great promise in these words to us. A promise that Jesus knocks at our door, the door of our heart. 
And he says, if anyone will open the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Now today we've come to worship God together. We've come and we've heard the Lord speaking to us through his word. And through his word, he knocks on our hearts. And he asks us to receive him gladly. And those who have received him have come to sit at the Lord's table. They've come to eat with him and he with us. We pray that it will be a strengthening to all who have sat at the Lord's table. But it's also these verses challenge us today as well. We've opened the door, but it reminds us to keep the door open. Not to go away and close that door until the next time we come to the Lord's table. But to keep the door always open. To have the Lord as our constant companion. The one who is with us always in whatever we are doing. That the door is open for him to be with us and we with him. That we would know that blessing of his presence building us up and encouraging us and strengthening us in our faith. If you've opened the door, keep it open. But it's a challenge to those who maybe haven't opened the door. A challenge to those who are hearing the voice of God, hearing Him knocking at the door, but the door is still closed. It's a challenge to open the door, to let Him in, to let Him into your heart, let Him into your life, that you would know the blessing of life through Him and that assurance of Him with you, giving you peace. Open the door if He is knocking. Let Him in so that He will eat with you and you with Him as well. So we pray that as we rise from the table, all of us together would know the Lord with us, an open door for Him to be with us day after day, knowing His blessing and His goodness with us all the days of our life. We're going to conclude by singing to God's praise in Psalm 72 in the Scottish Psalter. Psalm 72, we'll sing from verse 17 down to the end of the psalm. His name forever shall endure, last like the sun it shall. Men shall be blessed in him and blessed. All nations shall him call. We'll sing from verse 17 to the end of the psalm to God's praise. <laughs> 